And we're live! Good morning, everyone. Happy Family Day, the most important holiday of the year. Happy post-Valentine's Day, which means discounted chocolate. There's a lot going on, and we have Corey! So we're just gonna wait for him to come on because there's a lovely delay in Instagram. Uh, I, I gotta make up a theme song. That's gonna be this week's project. Da-da-da, window chance, da-da-da-da. Uh, it's it's uh, in the works. It's, yeah. That, that, was a, that was an attempt. And this is the part where I get to talk to myself and get very weird. Hi, Carrie. Oh, my hubby, good, he's joining. And let's see if I can invite Corey as I talk to myself all the time. Da, 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 da. Hope everyone else is doing great this morning. For some reason, 10 a.m. was just like, oh, this is early because this is what happens when you're in quarantine all the time. Oh, hi, Carrie. Uh, oh, yes, there's a delay. Um, oh, I like these new names. Oh, shout out to Tanner. Hello. We auditioned for something together. It was a lovely audition. I really, oh, yay. Okay, he's joining, and now we, we invite him. Okay, here we go. It's happening. Uh, da, da. We click on his name, and we send. Oh, waiting. Oh, okay. Hello. Oh, you're in the booth. Hi. You're in the booth. That's right. Oh, you're going to get good sound quality. I did not go in my booth because I have to stay true to my window chat. So. Right. Makes sense. Window. Here, let me take this fake yeah. microphone that's not working off. There we go. You got like a really cool hack going on. Very gangster. I like it. It's called the COVID hair, my friend. When you have oh, short hair oh, for wait, uh, have... usual and then you can't get a haircut for months, it looks uh, gangly and unwieldy. Oh, my goodness. Let's mess with some lights here. Oof. There we go. I know. That's Looks the thing. Like... I was very, very nice. Would you like to add a filter? I can. I think oh, I have like... hit my technological limit for the day on this one. I don't add filters, but I think, oh, actually, I don't know how to tell other people to. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know what? We're here. We're just going to talk. Our faces are going to look a little off, but it's fine because it's Perfect. all about just chatting. Perfect. So. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I got my coffee. Let me just bring it up. There we go. How do you, how do you take your coffee? Uh, I like it black, but if it's too hot, I'll just do a pinch of milk just to cool it what? down. What kind of milk? Uh, just regular milk. Whoa. That's okay. There's a lot of variety of milk. I'm just Yeah, saying. I got nothing, nothing against the variety of milk. It just doesn't do anything Basic. for me. Okay, okay. I guess you're it's not funny. a vegan. That's that's trendy now, but that's... Uh, I would love to be a vegan. I don't think I could manage it very well. My wife is a vegetarian, so we have a mostly vegetarian house. But I uh, I enjoy meat every once in a while. There you go. It's more like the cheeses and whatnot. I would have a terrible time avoiding that. Cheese is good. I agree. Yeah. Uh, this, and this is, the, this is the chats. This is the discussions we have. And now I, I'm thinking about I should have had a coffee, but I didn't bring coffee. Oh. And my husband is in the other room, hopefully hearing this conversation. <laughs> and hey, hubby, uh, it's fine. But yes, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited. I reached out to you. I'm like, I don't know if he'll do this thing. Because I saw you do a little chat with the actra. I saw Crystal. I love Crystal. She's awesome. She is. Um, uh, and it's just the whole thing. And I'm like, I love talking to this guy. I don't know. And you're like, yes, I'll do it. I'm like, oh, my God, cool. For sure. And then, 
And I got so many, oh, Corey's awesome. I'm like, okay, he's okay. Let's calm down, whatever. But everyone was very excited. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. How are you? So this is, so this is your first. So sometimes people say, can you see the comments at the bottom sometimes? Or like I when someone's joined? joined. Okay. Augusta so Martinez Benitez has joined. Jim underscore Canali. Is it Canal? We'll find out. They've joined, so, uh, but I can't see any comments. Okay. If there are comments, they will be there. And you're good. And now you know how to do an Instagram live. It's oh yeah, simple. I'm such a pro at this. <laughs> you might start your own spinoff of like booth chats with Corey. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know what? I leave this to the people who are really good at it, like yourself. Yeah, I'm a pro. Uh, but yes, um, what was I going to chat about? There's so many things that I wanted to chat about with you, and I'm like, oh god, I don't know where to start. Um, so I only know you as a theater director. And then yep. I realized you do every single voice that it was nuts. Like you just voice everything. Like what? So like, when did you become a voice actor? When did you know your voice is like, you could make money doing stuff like that? Uh, well, okay. So it's a bit of an interesting one in the fact that I did not know, like, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know you could really do voice acting as a career. I just kind of imagined it was one room in, you know, LA where everyone did their cartoons. Um, so it was like the same 10 people over and over again. And then I just kind of stumbled into it. Um, I went to theater school. I've always wanted to be an actor and I thought I'd be, you know, an on-camera actor. I really like that. And then I really love theater. So I thought I'd do both. Um, so I went to theater school. And then after that, I was meeting with an agent and I had nothing on my resume at that point. I was just a theater grad and this agent repped a lot of bigger uh, Canadian actors. And so she threw me over to the voice department and said, well, they'll filter you out. If you're, if you're not any good, the voice department will filter you out. And I don't think the voice department took that too kindly either, because that's not their job. Um, so the, the, aid, the voice agent was extremely lovely. Uh, didn't, you know, let any of that bounce onto me. You know, I don't think she was so pleased that that was where she was being asked to, what she was being asked to do, because, you know, she has her own roster. There's no reason to do that. Um, anyways, we went into the booth read a whole bunch of commercials. And then she said, can you do any voices? And I said, well, I do a bunch of impressions. And I remember going, it's cool, but nobody cares about impressions. They only care about original characters. And I said, great. Well, I do really bad impressions. So they sound like original characters. So we went in the booth and we did a whole bunch of accents, did some bad impressions. And after that, I came out and she said, well, I don't care if you hire or if you sign them or not, but I will. And so I got a voice agent off of that. And I've been with uh, Noel since day one. So I've been, it's almost been 15 years that we've been uh, signed together. It's been great. Wonderful person to work with, Noel Jenkinson over at AM. Right, right. It, yeah, uh, she was great. Uh, she still is great. And um, I kind of fell into it. It took a long time to figure out how to break through in animation, though, as it's a very different medium. Um, I would say the best characteristics come from like theater in the sense that you have to create everything around you. Um, whereas on film set, you know, I guess with the green screen nowadays, it would be similar because you do have to create so much of the vision around you. But, mm -hmm. um, when you're coming up with a cartoon, you have to figure out all the soundscape you need to do too. So you read through all your stage directions and you would intuitively think, oh, all of this is animated. I don't have to do anything. But what separates you is when you can make sounds that will fill that space. So the animators go, oh yeah, this is when they get punched. And this is when they dip down and this is when they do that because that specificity really helps in the creation. Um, mm -hmm. And it can help you stand out too, in terms of other people, because uh, 
if you can fill out a whole sandscape, but you go, I don't even need to know what was written down on the page. And I got exactly what the action was that was happening at that time. I understood the story. And so that would, that kind of is something that took a long time to learn how to do. Also learn what's the appropriate amount of energy. Uh, a lot of times people come in with too little energy into animation, but mine was the opposite. It was way too big and had to learn how to bring it on back down. Certain shows you can go really big and crazy, like certain kids shows, but most of them, for me, I have to dial back just because it's mm -hmm. like, I would envision it to be over the top. And they go, no, no, you can take it down, you know, 50%. Well, yeah, it's, it, with animation, it's interesting because when I was doing some of the classes, they say actually a lot of them wanted to be more real and less ah in your face. I'm like, but yeah, that's, I love in your face. Uh, so it is. And there's a market for the there's a market for the in your face, but there's also a vastly growing trend where they want more realistic reads. It really depends on your age category. I mean, and by age category, I mean the category of the show, not the performer. So if it's a preschool kid show, you have more leniency. Um, if it's an adult cartoon, it really depends. They may want completely flat reads or you can, I've done other ones where, uh, like I'm on a show called Doomsday Brothers, which is on Adult Swim. Everyone check it out. It's Canadian Adult yeah. Swim. Huh? Good stuff. We don't get a lot Shameless of those kind of plug. cartoons here. Um, yeah, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that one, it was all, so the main leads had kind of, you know, grounded reality voices. But then I played a, a bunch of secondary characters. And, you know, they were all the way down here. Like, one's a giant gelatinous human blob. And the other one's a really over-the-top rock and roller. So I get to live in the crazy, weird world where oh, some of the other ones have to, you know, carry the show, so to speak, with the tough stuff of being funny while not ever actually doing funny, you know, as get to do the funny, zany voices. It's hard to be the straight person in the show. And by straight, I don't mean sexuality. I mean as in no, the I know. straight person yeah. in the old. I'm clarifying for other people making sure that we're on the same page i know you know <laughs> but uh but i do agree i think it's hard to the one being the... yeah oh there's a delay i realize there's a delay so i'm not going to talk over you but it is hard the straight character is the hardest one to play because i'm like i want to do the fun ones <laughs> yeah yeah the fun ones more fun generally but you know someone does have to take all those big lines of exposition where they can further the story so someone else can jump in and throw a non sequitur that's really funny well, it's actually the hardest role because you have you need those characters to allow the zany characters to exist. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. If everyone's zany, it doesn't work. No. You know, so it uh, it's fun that way though. I've been very what's fortunate. Your, your favorite character? Do you have one? I mean, it's such a hard. It's like, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite show? But is there one that resonates more with you? Uh, I always kind of go back to Jimmy Two Shoes because yeah. that was the first cartoon show I ever booked where I was more than like a one-off character or someone who appeared maybe four times in the whole series. Uh, so I was Jimmy in Jimmy Two Shoes and that was really a big moment for me. Uh, a, because you know, the first time you get to play a lead role is really kind of cool. Like it's really neat. You're like, I'm gonna be on TV and that's me and that's my, I play the title character, that's so cool. Uh, but at the time too, I was still working as a waiter or a server in a restaurant and I had come to a real crux where I was at a call, the callback for Jimmy Two Shoes. I think it was like the third callback. And I remember being really, really stressed because they ran long. All callbacks and auditions run long. But I mean, this one was long, like an hour and a half late um, to even get into the booth. And I remember I had to get to work and I was calling the, the boss of the restaurant being like, I gotta go and I gotta get, I, I, like, I need to come in late because you can't, if you don't come, if you don't come, I'm gonna have to let you go. And I was really stressed because everyone's, you know, still have to pay bills. 
And I look over at this other very seasoned performer. He looks over at me and goes, are you seriously thinking about leaving this callback now to go to work? It's you or Sean Cullen for this role. That's it. There's nobody else up for this role. You're never going to get a better opportunity than this. Would you just go in, quit your job, man? And I was like, no, I can't quit my job. That's crazy. He goes, do you want to be a server or do you want to be a performer? And I said, fine. So I called and quit. And then I ended up booking the show. But it was scary. Oh, <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah. So there's nothing quite like saying, yeah, I'm not coming in. Well, we're going to have to let you go. Cool. Oh, you need me in the booth now. Let's do it. And of course, Sean Cullen ended up booking the main villain of the series and he was hilarious but um it was one of those moments where it was like you're sitting there on the precipice do i go do i not go and there's just some you know wonderfully talented performer who didn't have to give two seconds of his time to try to talk me off the ledge on it but he just goes look what do you want to do is it you want to be a server or a performer well shit when you make it that simple yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i just make my decision so it worked out fortunately um and then you know it's still work but um, it's been fortunate that I haven't had to have any other jobs since. And that was, I don't know, 13 years ago? No, 10 years ago? 12 years ago? I don't know. I have no sense of time anymore. But I, I just can't imagine going into that audition knowing, okay, I quit my job. I have to get this. But no, play it cool because I still have to, I still have to oh, yeah. like, it, don't put the pressure on myself. But also, I need this. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. When you need uh, a role, it, you reek of desperation. Every performer does. We're all terrible at it. What you and it's as a director, having sat on the other side of the table, um, fun to watch. Someone who really needs that job, it's a very unattractive thing um, because, like, oh, this is too much. Um, so it's really nice. You got to shed that at the door. No matter how bad you want this role or how bad you think you need it, which you probably do, you got to drop it at the door and just come in. Don't. It's just that same thing. Don't bring your your home life into the room with you for the audition or for rehearsal. So it's the same thing. I got to drop how much I want this. Let it be. And then walk into that booth and just absolutely lay it all out there as best as I can. Not easy, easy. peasy. No. Yeah, not easy. But <laughs> no. it is something that I would highly recommend for everyone is just leave it at the door, go in, and just let it fly. See what happens. Yeah, for, I, 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 this is a very interesting comment. Um, did you play a Farmer Francis? Sure did. Um, oh. A request Hey there, here. Zachary. How's it going? It's really good to see you. Hi. Wow. Okay, so that's three voices you've done already. Um, that, we were not prepared. Oh, I also have a question. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. No, these are like, people are sending me questions. This is exciting. Great. Okay. What would you say was the hardest role you voiced? Oh, good question. Mm. Thank you, Abby Draws. I think the hardest role I had to do was Mike from Total Drama Island. Uh, because he was a character who had multiple personality disorder. Um, so I ended up playing, I think it was, okay, one. Mal, Manitoba, Mike, uh, Svetlana, Chester, Vito, six characters. <laughs> so I had to do voice <laughs> all, all six personalities. They all had to be different. Um, is shifting voice references. It wasn't consistent. So every time you came into the booth, you were getting kind of different notes about how to change. And it was like, ah, I just barely got my footing and now you want to change this. And it happened for quite, it was, it was a process of a show. Um, I liked it a lot, um, but also wanting to do, to make sure that 
because this character had multiple personality disorder and it was not even remotely accurate person, multiple personality disorder, how can you do something that's not, that's fun, that can live in the realm of cartoon and animation, but still not at the same time offend someone who is actually suffering from it? So trying to hedge in between that zone of fun without it being a comment on someone who may actually suffer from it. Um, that was, it was juggling a lot of balls, six characters while dealing with all this other stuff too. It was like, okay, this is it. And joining Total Drama Island, I don't know if you've ever seen the show. It has a huge following of fans who are very, 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 very passionate about it. Um, and it's great. Uh, but when you go into something knowing that there's going to be a lot of people who are very invested in the show and you can kind of see your arc and you're like, they're, they're going to love this character or they are going to hate this character because it's yeah. such a deviation from everyone else. Um, and he had the romantic angle in the show because the show is the demographic loves a good romance angle. So you're Classic. also the romance angle in it as well. And it was kind of, it was interesting. It was a lot of balls. And then in the next season for that, they added a new personality, which was the villain of the whole series of that whole season. So I had to be the hero and the villain and the love interest. And juggling that one was difficult as well. At least I felt grounded with the original five, but the new villain one was constantly like they wanted to tweak the voice. And it was just interesting until we finally settled in one and was like, good, can we never do another note on this? Because there's 26 episodes and I can't keep doing a new take every time through. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly like, do you do you record one voice at a time? Or do you change them through? I don't know how it works. I've uh, usually, so the common practice is you'll just do one character swath through the whole way. Um, and then, and by the way, there's no one usually in the booth with me. I'm by, I'm usually by myself. So there's no one feeding you lines. You just have to create your own pretext, so to speak. So you have to, how would someone else say this line and then react to it, even though there's nobody in there at all reading you the line. That's right? Nope. weird. Total vacuum. Um, so Sorry, where was the question starting with that one again? I totally oh. went off on a tangent. Oh, no, in terms of if you create one character at a time or all, yes. all of them. So, uh, so usually you'll do all the one character one way through. That one I asked uh, if I could take a pass at doing all of them at the same time. And so there is actually a big chunk where they fight each other. In one of the episodes, they kind of have like an inner mental battle. And that was one pass of me doing all the characters at the same time, talking to each other. And that was kind of cool. And now I try to do that when I can. Because, I mean, it's a skill. You just have to work on the skill set so you can like, flip on a dime in between characters. How do you work on Do you just talk to yourself at yes. home? How do you work? <laughs> yes. My kids. Cool. Care. So I'm already training for being a yeah. voice actor. In this yeah, you're fine. I always talk to myself. Look, if you're not talking to yourself and you're a performer, you're not doing enough work because no. you, you got to do it. You know, talking under your breath is great, but there's so much that only happens when you let that breath out. Like, oh, yeah, I can be angry on this line or I can let some of this out or, you know, that cuttingness. You can only do it at the proper volume. So talking to yourself. So be it. it's like if you're a singer, right? You can't. I'm going to sing this note. I'm going to sing it like this. You got to sing. The only way you can know if you're going to do it is to actually sing it. So my kids kind of are driven nuts. And when we read stories, they say no story. No voices, daddy. I was no wondering voices. that. OK, what story time with Corey? Like, is that just the OK? No, they don't no, like it. But I mean, it's just like anyone's parent had a job i'm sure they whatever that job is it gets old you know, um, just do, you like make, do your kids watch the shows that you animate uh yeah not like and do not they realize it's you okay sorry 
Do they realize it's you or are they just, oh, oh that's I, a Yeah. So most of the time they can pick me out. Like sometimes they'll watch a show and they'll wake me up and be like, dad, dad, I think you're on this show. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I won't lie. I probably told them I'm on the show like 15 times ahead of time. They're like, yeah, we get it. We got it. Thanks, dad. Um, I don't know about you, but I would collect all the memorabilia of any character I would ever get that. Like, do you have a bunch of Jimmy Two-Shoe memorabilia? Uh, well, there wasn't a lot. <laughs> well, a we should pad. make more. Yes, I have a mouse pad of uh, Jimmy Two-Shoes. I've got a couple <laughs> posters. I have one. I have a big poster in the basement um, where the kids' room is, and I have it up there, and I call that the Jimmy room because I say it paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not accurate, but I like to think that. Um, I, I, I struggle between, uh, wanting to have that memorabilia and the hubris of having toys of yourself. I struggle with that. Oh, a lot. okay. I, um, I don't know. I don't, For me, I don't think the struggle would be, I would just like everyone, this is all your birthday gifts. You're getting this. <laughs> like, this oh all. no. I, I did that once. So my daughter really liked this one show I was on called Luna Petunia, uh, which was a really great show on Netflix. <laughs> Check it out. If you have any preschool kids. Um, and they, so they made us some toys of that and I did buy them and I got them for her for Christmas and they were so poorly made. <laughs> they oh. broke on the first day and I mean into pieces. And then, so she's like, oh, well, we'll just throw it out. And I'm like, oh, but that's the only toy I have of me. I think I'm going to have to take this back from you and glue it together if that's okay, honey. Because <laughs> it was, it was so poor quality. I'm not, I don't like, think the preschool laugh, kids demographic and all these toys shattered in seconds. And I mean, shattered, that's broken, like super glue them together. It's like a borderline lawsuit. Are we, uh, not at all. If you're looking for it. Okay. And I'm just like, who can we sue? I have nothing to do but yeah. time on my hands right now. Okay. Uh, that's, I mean, but that's really terrible. It's a preschool kid and you're just, Oh, you know, when toys break yeah. in your hand, but that's not, it's almost as if you're seeing a character lose their head, you know, and, when you would go to the oh, theme and parks and the character their heads. their heads had to be glued back on the body <laughs> all right so don't buy those ones noted but you know what the plush dolls were great my the niece has dolls. one and she really liked it and we sometimes would have to call in the voice to say it's time to go to bed yeah. sammy um, stretch I says will. it's time to go to bed okay Wow. I don't even under, I love these voices. This is so cool. Okay. You're just like whipping them out. I'm like, oh God. I, uh, that's, uh. Hey, Can of Witch 89. How are you? Long time no see. I can see the comments coming in. Yeah. I was like, okay, you're getting shout outs and I'm pretty bad at them, but you've gotten some shout outs, some highs. I think there was I an inside heard. joke about an Amigot, uh, the three Amigots, why that one wasn't your favorite show to work on. I loved Amigo, Three Amigo Knots. That was awesome. I had such a fun time on that one. That was a great show. That was Good. so much fun. It was a strange one because they did three different pilots, like demos, small things to get sell it. And on each one, I played a different Amigo Knot. And then the show got picked up and I was none of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get on the show um, playing kind of like the semi-villain it like the, the foil of the show and i they were so lovely to work with i loved it because they re um, a the scripts were very funny they had hired really good writers uh but b they gave a lot of freedom in the booth and i gotta tell you it was awesome because they let me riff and there was this one weird part where it was just like in the script it just says Corey sings because it was like this supposed to be a really embarrassing moment for the character 
And so it's like they put in a video. It was supposed to be him proving that someone had committed, the heroes had committed a crime. And right. he goes and puts in the video and it's him singing to himself, you know, like at a ta like a talent show prep. And so they're like, yeah, sing something. I'm like, sing something? Okay. What do we do? So I had just been watching Arrested Development again. And I was like, that, like the mama's boy, the mommy's boy thing. It was so funny. So I was like, oh, what if we do this? And I was like, I'm a daddy's boy. You really love to be a daddy's boy. So we did that. It made it in the episode. But then they plopped it in a couple more episodes whenever he was too high on himself. Like it would appear on the screen. I was like, that's the greatest callback ever. I can't believe you guys put that back in. So it was really, really funny. And it was just a total random improv thing. I love, but do you do improv as well? Or great is that show. Part that was so much fun to work on. Is improv, yeah, yeah. Um, like, do you, do you have an improv background? Or are you just like, I'm funny, so I'm good? Uh, yeah, I got in. I did Second City training. I've always done improv stuff. I think that's just kind of how my brain works. I've never been a professional improviser. Uh, like people who improv is their job, that's their calling. They're, they're way more talented at it than I am. I'm a good improv, uh, improv person in a booth. I'm really good at taking someone's script and tweaking it in a few spots where I think the character can have a little things here and there. But if I was to go on stage and like, hey, here we go, this scenario, I'm not nearly as good at it. <laughs> I like the framework and then I can go play in it. But bringing it all together, that's another art form and I have utmost respect for all of them because they're very, very talented. And I've got to work with a lot of our top improvisers in Toronto in the booth and they're good. They're very good. So it's interesting. You're like, oh yeah, we have similar skill sets, but I wouldn't want to go on stage with you because you'd eat me alive. <laughs> it, it is terrifying just kind of going out there and okay, uh, I have no script written. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I total credit to the being able to just step out there and go, all right, what are we doing now? But there's a confidence as well. And I, um, I went to see, I like to, back in the day when I would support my fellow actor and it was, they would just go up, get suggestions. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, you don't have to prep or rehearse, so that's kind of nice. But, but I, I guess think you probably do prep. I think sense. they, I don't know how much prep one does, but definitely the chemistry between people is big. Cause then you get that mm -hmm. shorthand language, you know, they just kind of know, oh, this person's going here. I'm going to take the opposite role so we can play off of each other and then we'll do this. Cause it's always about creating conflict and stuff like that. You need to find reasons yeah. for why you're talking and why there's an action. Mm -hmm. So even though we go back to the old theater stuff where we talk about stakes and the importance and the stakes in the scene, even in improv, you got to find a reason why there's stakes. I mean, sometimes it's just like, oh, no, there's zombies outside. Ah, oh, what do we do? You know, like, it could be that random, but there's always got to be something, some reason to talk. Yeah. Well, now I feel like I should raise the stakes in this interview. What's the reason? <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> um, oh, I did see something very interesting. Did you voice something on Blue's Clues and you, yep. the new one? Okay. Yep. Have you ever watched the original Blue's Clues? Yes. Okay, so children. for me, so I have yeah, seen the original Blues Clues, but it's different. And I, my brother grew up, my my youngest brother loved it, so I knew all the the Blues Clues, Mail Time, yeah. whatever. And then I see the new one, I'm like, what have you done to Mail Time? What is happening? It was I just wasn't ready for a change. That being said, I mean, they, I love I love the voice of Blue. I just think that's a great series of parks. Uh, yeah. But it's just I wasn't ready for the shift. And yeah. I don't know. That's just me not accepting change. But that's... Yep. It's, uh, it's always interesting because you don't... It's tough 
when you already have an impression of something because then you you always have to meet it and that's you know when any anytime someone reboots or wants to do a sequel to something it's tough because you have to meet expectations but then exceed it but for the kid who's watching it for the first time they don't know anything and watching some of the originals it feels dated to them right because the quality of maybe the animation is just so much superior these days i mean even low budget animation is still way better than what we watched as kids you know, if you ever go back and watch, like, even Transformers or G.I. Joe, you're like, ooh, that is a rough cut. That's not very good. Oh, you use the same background for seven scenes because you clearly didn't want to pay to do another background. Um, I was working on George of the Jungle. Uh, I was George of the Jungle for one season. Oh. And, yeah. And I remember talking to uh, our voice director was also one of the animators way back when he worked on Rocket Robin Hood and the old Spider-Man. And what they would do is walk across the hall with the backgrounds so that they could take the show from one to the other so that they could save costs. And some of the villains were the same. So if you ever watch Rocket Robin Hood and the old, old, old Spider-Man, and you'll notice the backgrounds are identical and that some of the villains are completely rehashed, the henchmen, because they would just take the uh, animatic and walk it over. And then they'd put it into that show because it cost so much money. It was like, oh, it makes sense. I'm like, yeah, that's why you wonder why Spider-Man's always shooting into this purple sky and he could swing along because they just didn't want to draw a new background. So they would take it over from Rocket Robin Hood. I love this little behind the scenes tip. Uh, I now have to watch both those shows and critique accordingly. That's amazing. Oh, I'm getting so many voice requests. Do you, okay. Mookie from Redekai. Oh my God. That's an old one. Let me see. Ooh. I can even remember how Mookie talked. Was Mookie like this? I think Mookie was. Oh, we'll get them, little Redekai. We will win. I think that's him. That's a while ago. I'm going to say bravo either way. Sure, we'll pretend that was close enough. It's been a while since I did that show. That, long how long time. ago? How do you remember the placement in every character? I don't. Or, I don't. I'm just, that, that's the voice. Uh. No, I don't remember. Um... I think that was that one. That would has to be at least eight years ago. Um, but th they they always have voice references for you, so you can play it. They play it ahead of the recording, so you can hear it and try to find your voice again. Oh, oh, from what? Okay, instead of like oh, yeah, Rosa no from I, There's no way we could possibly remember some of them because you know, like on uh, one show that's on TV now called Power Birds. I think I'm like four or five characters per episode. I have no idea who the heck. I'm supposed to be on half of them. So You're a different bird them. every time? Pardon me? You're a different bird every episode? No, I'm the lead, one of the two leads. And then I play one of the main villains. But then there's like interstitial characters, secondary ones that pop in. And you're like, oh, I can't remember what this person sounds like. So they have to play the reference. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this now. Now we can go. So once you're there doing your lead role, are they, oh, yeah, we need a side character. Can you throw it in? Or is it, hey, will you also do these side characters? How does that work? Uh, that depends on the show. That depends on their budget. And that depends on your maybe skills as a performer or maybe uh, back um, resume as well. So sometimes there's lots of performers who will come in and they're going to get three characters and you can just bank on it. Um, and the reason is if you do multiple characters, the production company gets a bit of a discount on it. So they save money. Um, and then they don't have to go through the hassle of doing mass casting for every character. Because if there's a character in for one episode and you spend 15 hours auditioning people, that's still a lot of time. If you go, yeah, we'll just, you know, this guy's coming in next week and we'll just give him two. Because we know some, there are some performers who 
their skill set is very wide. You know, they have a lot of vocal range. So odds are they're going to be able to find something pretty quick to fit that bill. Um, and then other shows, they, they audition every single side character. Um, it just depends. Yeah. yeah, it depends. So yes, there are t many times I'll go in and they'll just be like, oh yeah, we're going to give you this one in addition to. But that's after over a decade plus of, you know, working on your craft and establishing that you can in fact do that. Mm -hmm. It must be nice though going in for those voiceover auditions because wear whatever you want. That for me, for I don't know if that's just, it's just it's a woman thing, but I'm like I love not just going in. I'm not going to go in pajamas. I'm going to look like a human, but just the casualness yes. of like just hair, whatever. I don't care. But yeah. <laughs> I look a little professional. But the the element of it's really just your voice is I like that. Yes. Yes, that's great. Um, that is a very nice thing. I don't ever have to shave or worry about anything like that. You can um, keep your hat on. Yeah, I can keep my hat on even in the booth if I want. Uh, I would caution, though, the one thing is where you say um, they don't care what you look like. We still have a vast disparity. Um, we still have a vast gap in um, BIPOC performers being represented in animation. So while we could say it doesn't matter what you look, apparently it does sometimes. And it may not be how you aesthetically pleasing you are. It may have to do with your background and we need to find a way to change that. Oh, that was a yep. good point. Yep. Thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. No problem. Always, like, it's yeah, a real this thing. Is, this is like, let's get real. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you think it's... with artists that we've moved past this, but we have not moved past this. And we well, need to even... do more. In um in Big Mouth, I think they replaced one of the actors. Uh, so now it's and I just it's it's hard because I know everyone's trying to make those changes, but it's yeah. I guess I don't know why it's taking. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, continue to make those changes going forward. But it yeah. seems to be we, eventually. Maybe we'll get to a time when you can have absolute colorblind casting where nothing matters but the vocal quality or the mm -hmm. character they create. But we're not there. You don't, you have to have a, a proper amount of representation for you to get to a phase where you can go, okay, great. Now we can go colorblind because you have to show that it can in fact happen. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's very clear that we're not there at all. We're not. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Cleveland was voiced by a white guy this entire time and no one had a problem until this year. You're like, that is, and that character was such a terrible stereotype too. You're like, that's awful. That's just awful. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I'm like, I don't, for, so when I hear like Jewish characters I'm like I know they're not Jewish because that's not how you say that word I don't but it's I mean it's completely different from BIPOC but I always think that's so interesting I can't imagine like finding out we need someone Jewish to say this word <laughs> like that's so weird for me but it's completely different I think for BIPOC they need more representation but that kind of thing I think oh that's maybe I should be offended I don't know that was support yeah, yeah. for all that yeah should we be offended that's fair yeah I, I think I, I I haven't really I'm just like, I watch it, I'm entertained, I don't overthink it. But now I think everyone's questioning status quo and that makes me think, and I have time to think now, I think, oh, I, I should probably consider this more. Yeah. And this is why we have the meetings. There you go. Yeah. No, it's a valid point. Something to think about. Yeah. We're not Andre. there yet. Mm -mm. Well, let's segue I off that fun topic. I know. I was just like, how do I segue off of this? God, Corey, you really put me in a, put me in a spot there. Okay. Um, oh, hello, Joanne Borum Casting. How are you, Joanne? 
Hi, Sharon. How are you? There's also going to be a delay if they say hi. It's fine. That's okay. Uh, They're so, here, and that's what matters. The future of theater. How are you oh, feeling? God. The future of theater. I'm so unqualified for this. <laughs> also, wait, why are you directing and not performing? Have you ever performed in theater? Cause yeah, yeah, I used to do theater um, as a performer. Why do I direct it? I like having a little bit of control and artistic output on things. Um, as a performer, you're, I mean, you get to create your character and you get to, I mean, you, you, there is a, the act of creation, but you're also always within someone else's confines. You're always within someone else's idea or framework. And I just really, I mean, I've always directed since even high school. Uh, not well. I mean, certainly needed to <laughs> hone the craft quite a bit and, you know, eat some humble pie and realize a lot of things in life. And that's good. Um, but it was also, I, I, I like to have a little idea where it's like, I, I vision this very differently. And I would like to see that come out. And it's nice to have a little more say in what you're doing sometimes. It's also way more work. You know, there's oftentimes when we're in like tech week and you're directing like, man, if I hear a performer complain again, with the amount of work they have to do, it's like, that's great. But everyone on this side of the table has been busting their ass infinitely more the last two weeks on this one. So you get, it's good to see both sides because then you can have, you can have more appreciation for like, my appreciation for stage management is so deep. They are so invaluable and rarely does a performer understand it. I mean, really understand the work that stage management puts in or how integral they are to a show. Um, all of those aspects are so so vitally important. So it's, I think it, it would be great if everyone kind of dabbled on all sides of the table a little bit more so they can understand how the whole thing is put together and it gives you a better appreciation for the work and effort that goes in for people. I didn't realize how important a stage manager was until I had a good stage manager. And I'm like, oh, this is what they do. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is a hard job. Yeah, they change it entirely. It's a lot. It, so such a thankless job and, and producer too. I mean, that's another thankless job where you go, Nobody wants to do it um, because it's so difficult. Um, and I mean, you have to deal with so much stuff. And at the end of the day, everyone can, you know, be upset with you somehow because, you know, we didn't get this money or this wasn't arranged this way or that wasn't done that. Uh, it's tough. It's tough doing theater has a lot of moving pieces and it is really a group work together. And where do we go for the future for theater? I don't know. Um, I mean, theater. I, I wanted to throw out a hard question. We're doing hard topics apparently. So let's Might as well. I mean, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know where we go in the future. Online stuff is going to happen. I don't think we're going to lose that now. Now that anything to do with online or social media presence, once it gets a foothold, I don't think it goes away, period, mm -hmm. because of the convenience for it, for the accessibility for it. Um, I mean, just accessibility alone, where you may have a theater where it has, it's inaccessible for anyone uh, with mobility issues. You know, there's a lot of theaters where nobody can get into the space at all if they have any mobility issues or you can get like two wheelchairs or a walker somewhere in there but this opens it up for so many people i mean there's a lot of people with social anxieties who would love to go see a play but sitting in a group of people is a horrifying prospect so we can add lots of opportunities for it where do we go though with live theater i mean i adore the presence of an audience i mean being able to hear reactions from people and you know when a crowd is engaged, how wonderful that is from an experience. Um, I mean, as a performer, 
if you're doing something serious and you could hear a pin drop, oh, that's gratification. That is good. That's some good stuff. It's like, I'm nailing it. This is fun. Let's keep going. Or if you nail a laugh line and everyone is, you know, having a great time, you're like, that's fabulous. You know, um, I don't know if we will ever be able to replicate that quite the same. Um, so I think we will, but human beings instinctively want to be around each other as we found out by how horribly bad uh, everyone is doing at their restrictions <laughs> currently. Otherwise this pandemic would have been over a long time ago. Um, so we need to be around each other. <laughs> yeah. And so I think we will get back to live theater. How much theater is left after this? I don't know, because it's going to be absolute carnage. Um, if a theater company wasn't supported through this, they're probably toast. I know a lot of community theaters have bit the dust, unfortunately. Um, some of it through poor management ahead of time, because if you didn't have any surplus of funds, you were dead. Um, and some of it just through extreme unfortunate nature. I mean, what if you were, for instance, I was directing Cabaret and we were halfway through rehearsals and we did a six hour dance, a choreo call, left the rehearsal unit and an hour and a half later, the show was done, you know, because COVID hit. Is it, it done? Are you not bringing it back? I was excited to see it. No, it's done. It's toast. It's gone forever. It will never come back. Really? Well, I mean, it's been over a year now. It's not, I, I have no spiritual engagement to do that again now. You know, you work that hard, everybody works that hard, and then you can't get anywhere yeah. with it. You'd have to start from ground zero. And I don't know, it's like breaking up with an ex. You don't really want to go see them again. <laughs> Except it wasn't a breakup. It was just one of those. They know, like... It's like, yeah, but I don't want to do this again. It's a long distance it's hard. relationship. Uh, so, but like... I mean, if you had a show, if you had a show in production, you lost all your costs to that. So, I mean, it could be because theater isn't a money-making venture, really. Um, for whatever reason, in North America, we don't treasure the arts unless it's on TV and then we'll pay an exorbitant amount of money to watch something that has absolutely no soul to it. But you can go watch theater and be like, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. But you won't really pay for it unless they're singing. I, I love a good, I love a good musical. So I'm a little yes, biased. You're right. uh, yeah. I love, it's so funny though. I was talking and like, what musicals do I actually, if musicals were to be put on, what would be the first happy musical I'd want to see because some of them are so serious like you know cabaret doesn't end on like yay life is a yep. cabaret let's party <laughs> uh <laughs> yay uh but I I don't even know what people would want to see would they want a more realistic one or would they want something happy-go-lucky I don't know so I was curious about that I don't know I imagine people want to laugh I think it's a I think like avenue want to watch comedy that's a safe yeah yeah I it's a safe bet. I don't know if I want to go cry my face off or anything like that um but then again you did a great you, production i think that was you you and sabrina were involved in the spelling bee at hard house yep. was that, yep, that, was, that was so fun i loved watching that oh well, my goodness you. i've never yeah. seen it before and i live close to hard house i'm like i'm gonna support people and i go i'm like what is this musical it's so it was so much fun so i love sabrina's choreography it was just great and the all the people i haven't i haven't actually been exposed to those actors before i'm like who are these people where'd they come from it was They're very talented such a fun fun evening uh, and they involved the audience and i love yep. that stuff <laughs> they're gonna spell uh it was really fun we had some very funny uh funny nights anytime you have audience participation <laughs> Things can go very differently than you expect. And we had a couple times, uh, I mean, we had some audience members who uh, thought they were part of the show <laughs> by the end of it. And you're like, no, you're not written in. <laughs> you're on stage on this part, but now you're supposed to leave. Uh, we also had at one point, one of the musicians had a, um, uh, an, what is it called? Um, an assist animal. I'm butchering it, a therapy animal. 
Yes, something. Uh, oh, what is it called? I'm forgetting the term. I... Either way, it was uh, they had an animal that helped them, uh, and the dog wandered on stage during the middle of the show. Just walked right out on stage, a dog, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> I got a text to my parents. I got to the show that night, and like, why is there a dog in your show? Like, there's there's no dog in my show. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then I read the uh, production notes from the SM afterwards and was like, yes, the dog, the um, one of the musician's therapies dogs walked on stage and we had to find a way to get it off. And I was like, cool. cool How did you cool. get the dog right. off? How does that? Okay. I think one of the characters just walked over, grabbed the collar and walked them off stage. But there's a non sequitur. And like, that was really weird. And I'm like, that was not a choice. I do weird choices, but that was not a choice. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Uh, I yeah. see, and that's why live theater needs to happen because of those stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God, dog. Wait, so the dog, was that a dog allowed back? Was it not on? I'm just curious about this dog now. What's I the, think the dog was. Maybe the dog leashed, wanted to be in the Leashed and show. attached to a I chair think, after that. I like to I think that the dog, this was their one chance to be in a musical oh, the and they've been yeah. waiting for their moments, and that was their time. Yeah, well, that dog is famous they now. They owned that, that little walk across the stage. Yeah. Well, all through rehearsals, never moved, nothing, and then randomly in one performance on like week two, it walked out and stared right into the audience. <laughs> you know what happened? They had fellow therapy dogs in the audience that night. That's it, they were and looking so for a friend. that's what happened. That's and it. Guys, I swear I'm in the show, I'm helping. That's all, folks, and we'll yep. walk off. <laughs> Have I got one? That's it. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Oh, any other fun stories? I love fun theater stories so much. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, being on stage and then the other performer not realize, not remembering they had the scene to be in. Uh, I've done that, unfortunately, too, where you're like, oh, crap, I think I missed something. Um, what was it? I did one show where uh, the other performer took practical jokes just a little too far. And we were supposed to do a side-by-side -side scene where we were both on stage, but we were talking to each other on the phone. And I was already on, on stage doing, talk, like doing dialogue. And I pick up the phone to call him and he comes on stage and he's just in his tidy whities and a, uh, the, an undershirt with socks, like knee-high socks and a suit or and uh, dress shoes on. And trying to have that conversation while seeing them out of the corner, you're <laughs> and you're like, this is impossible so i corpsed on stage and of course turn around upstage to uh so i can just try to recover and i was like this is awful why are you doing this this has nothing to do with the plot and you're you're just killing it but it was one of those where you go that's uh that's too far that's too far that, yeah yeah but what it was, was what was the show that the audience wouldn't realize something was off Oh, it was a bizarre show. Um, oh, okay. I don't think it was the weirdest part of that show. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, it was funny. But it was one of those as a performer, you go, yeah, okay, let's never do that again, please. That was, uh, that didn't work. <laughs> that did it. I didn't work. And you get through the scene and we uh, never do that again. Cool. Great. Yeah, awesome. it was cool. You got it. You did it. Let's move on. That's yeah. So yeah, weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay, so never show up on stage in that. Fellow performers don't, fellow performers don't appreciate that. This is good life advice, I think. Yeah, no, usually your fellow performer doesn't appreciate when you make them corpse. 
I go. get that it's a game, especially as a long, long run of a show. You have to find ways to keep it fun between yourselves. Um, especially if there's like one line where someone says it every time and it sounds horrible or we both know the double <laughs> meaning to it. And you're trying to keep that straight face. Those are okay. But purposely going out there to sabotage someone I feel is maybe a bit far. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should have been prepared. I'm throwing that out there. Clearly. Yes, this that's, was my fault. That's where the improv training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, that's fun. Um, what else can we chat about? Anything else interesting going on in your life right now? Yeah, I'm in lockdown. It's great. It's so much fun. Yeah. So, just you know, a lot happening. A lot. Yeah, I'm out every night just partying by myself. Are, are your kids being homeschooled? Partying uh, by yourself. being homeschooled currently. I thought some of the schools opened up. Yeah, I think the North opened up last week. And then okay. all the rest of them are going back tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. 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 Let's see how long this lasts. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I always think about if I was homeschooled, like, are there just more ways to cheat on tests? Are they more engaged? Are they le like, I don't Oh, far less engaged. Is there any learning actually happening? I'm very curious about that. Um... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, look, let me first put this out there. I think the teachers have been put in a horrible position. Oh, they have for been sure. put in a Definitely. position where this is ridiculously hard. The expectations on the kids and the students is off. I think uh, at a governmental level, they have failed our children utterly. It's embarrassing, and they should all resign. Fact. Um, yeah, and then moving back March break into April, just so you can make sure that kids hit right at the crest of the next wave is just such a great idea even though everyone is at utter mental exhaustion we keep talking about mental health and then we ignore it completely everyone is fried we're all fried but kids are fried too because guess what they're kids they're kids and they have to carry around the fact that they live in a pandemic you know none of us ever had that <laughs> we don't have I... any idea what it's like we struggle as adults guess what kids struggle too I, I don't even know how I would explain that. I said, like, I was talking to my husband, like, we don't have kids, and I don't know what I would do with the kids that are just there all the time. And, like, I don't know how to entertain them at this point if it's been a year. Like, I mean, I think you've yeah. gone through your Rolodex of voices that they don't want to hear. Uh, so yeah. I don't think <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, I mean, it's, it gets to a point where it's just more video game time. And, it, you know, it sucks. But, I mean, I don't even know what to do anymore. We're all kind of run our course. As my parents like to say, oh, you know, we could have done this. And I go, guys. I've spent more time with my kids in the last year and a half than you spent with us in a 10 year period. And just sheer number of hours of even being in the same room, we have beat you. <laughs> you have no idea, no parent, no one who isn't a parent now has any concept of what it's like to actually be around their kids this much. Everybody needs a break from each other. <laughs> well, that, and that's the thing that's ridiculous. I mean, you think about older generations and they've survived wars and everything, but this is such a different type of challenge. Yep. And I don't know how I would explain the pandemic to you. Oh, yeah, there was this time where we couldn't leave the house. Oh, okay. Let's like, just watch a lot of Netflix. Yes, but... <laughs> yeah, but you mentally deteriorate. You feel yeah. like your brain is atrophied. And, uh, you know, you're sitting around here going, how do we get out of this? I'm just like, I guess I'll, uh, I'll create a chat and talk to people. I don't know. I there you go. Well. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's different. I'm not trying to compare this with having to fight in a war. But... Uh, you know, it's, we also have 24-hour news pumping nothing but negativity and misinformation down your throat. That, uh, 
You know, it's very hard for people to understand what's real right now. Yeah. Well, we are doing like, I thought this would be a nice light and we're just hitting a lot of like. <laughs> well, we got but a I question mean... in the chat here from oh. Joshua Fortune 146. Oh, what you, is Jay. your favorite character you ever voiced? Well, I had a lot of fun with Donnie from Three Amigo Nuts. Um, really liked Mike from Total Drama, Jimmy Two Shoes, as I said, because that was like the very first one. Um, and then I've had a lot of fun. I, I, I like, I love animation. First, let me be very clear. I love my job and I love working in animation. It is a lot of fun. I have a lot of passion, passion for it. So it's very rare that I don't enjoy thoroughly doing a character. Um, recently, I did a show called um, Ollie's Pack. And I got to play a four-legged space cat named Captain Wowski. And that was a lot of fun. I got to be Captain Wowski. And he was a really cool cat. And I got to improv a lot with that one, too, with some super talented performers. So we had a blast. We had a lot of fun. That one was one of the rare ones where we record ensemble. So we were all together all the time. So some of the riffs were hilarious. And they were very talented people. So getting to play together was a lot of fun. That's so fun. Wait, so it's called a four-legged space cat as opposed to a three-legged? Yeah, correct. OK, cool. No, cool. sorry. It was a four-armed, two-legged I can't remember how he was exactly was just, right. like, Six limbs. Cats? Six oh, limbs in okay. total, not four. I don't know why I said four. Six limbs in just... total. Space cat with a beard. Okay, I'm thinking don't cats have four, but I don't know because a friend of mine has a three-legged cat, so maybe. Yeah. And then... No, it was a uh, six-legged cat. My apologies. A six-legged space cat who was protect helping protect the universe. It was actually eight legs. It's an octopus cat, so... There you go. Yeah. Octocat. Wait, so Jimmy Two Shoes... Two, as opposed to how many shoes? That's a great question. We never want to address that. <laughs> Nor how this child was in hell. We never addressed that. Okay. He was the only person in hell who wasn't supposed to be there. And we never once addressed it. It was a Disney. Disney ended up buying the show. And Disney right. wants nothing to do with hell, ever. Yeah, I People were Disney. demons. Okay. They clearly were visible demons. We, uh, we called it Miseryville. And even though the villain name was Lucius, as in Lucifer, uh, still never once actually addressed the fact of why this innocent boy was in hell. And that's fine. It worked, though. The comedy was great. Yeah, you don't need to. Context doesn't matter. I don't uh, know. That's, so. Yeah. Fine. If you could write your own animation, what would it be? Oh, that, that's just one that came to me. Ooh, that's I would think one. it would have to be something along the lines of Archer or... Um, Rick and Morty, something like that. I really enjoy those types of meta, but really nicely scripted shows. Um, I'd still give a character. Um, I even, one of my middle sons, one of his middle names is Archer. So he's been named after the cartoon show. That's awesome. Yeah. Does he know that? <laughs> yeah. He does know. Okay. He does. Listen, they've, they've all been named after something. And so they all know where they, the names come from. So. Ooh. So, like, always cartoon-based or no? No, no, no. Some, okay. like, either musicians, literary figures, something like that. So, but I won't go through the names. I'm going to keep my No, no, that's, keep it yeah. private. That's fine. What if you end up not liking that person that they're named in the future? Well, if you base it on some, you know, well, do that. Tell you what, uh, in my wife's tradition, they had two middle names, so they can pick out of, they got three names they can choose. If they feel like they have an identity crisis down the line, they got three wicked names they can choose from. The two middle names. My my brother-in-law has two middle names. 
Uh, and I find that so interesting. Yeah, I think but in certain I, cultures, that's the a traditional thing. Yeah, that's middle names. Do you have a middle name? You don't have I to do. tell me, I'm just curious, okay. It's Corey. Corey, Corey? No, my first name's not Corey. I've just what? never in my entire life gone by anything other than that. You can ask my parents, I don't know why. They named me and never called me the first name, ever. Okay, I did not expect that response and that was amazing. Uh, wow, I would not go by my middle name, but that's, yeah, you look like a Corey. That's so interesting. Well, I mean, it's, it's not like it was ever a choice. I've never, ever, ever gone by the other name. I only, I know the government's calling when they ask for that other name. That's so interesting. Yep, oh. and that's the only time. <laughs> so it's still your legal name on all your government documents, right? <laughs> okay. There you as go, his sister-in-law, sister I you. can confirm. That's right, Sharon. <laughs> she knows. Okay. She knows. <laughs> so wait, so on your wedding invitation, was it just your middle name? Yeah. Okay, so this is just like, yeah, I go by Corey, whatever. It wasn't yep. formal. Okay, that's so interesting. At least I don't it's... think it was. It was a while ago. <laughs> and I just think of something, a formal occasion where people, you know, because let's say I don't really, I'll give myself a nickname. Let's say I go by Rob sometimes. I never yeah. do. But then it's on the Robin on the invitation. Okay. Yeah, but it's not It's not a nickname. It's not like it's a... Yeah, um, it is your name. That's so... Uh, it's not like it's a sh an abbreviated, like your name is Elizabeth and you go by Liz. It's not something like that at all. It's a completely different name. <laughs> I don't know why. It's never made a lick of sense to me. But it is what it is. This is why, like, we're, I'm just saying, if your parents were on, we could get some clarification. That would sound. Look, it sounds like they would be hippies, but they're not. <laughs> I don't it's know. Something like some... I love the conviction of, you know what? No. Screw the first name. We're going yeah. with the <laughs> middle name. This is who he is. He is Corey. Yep. We're going to make <laughs> things very confusing. And then Corey Hart is going to be a very popular singer at the time. Oh, this so, is awesome. whatever. Yeah. That's okay. That Simpsons episode where they talked about Corey Hart and they called that hotline. Remember Lisa got addicted to the Corey Hart phone line and she would call yes. and it was like a pay per call and all they would do is say words that rhymed with Corey. So it'd be story, allegory. And that was like my favorite episode ever. And it's like the only time the word name Corey is ever used. <laughs> I mean, maybe it should be used more often. We're just going to get your name out there. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's <laughs> Shout out to, there was a show called Two Corys, and I know this because oh, I'm yeah. chatting with um, Corey Himes' sister, I think. Oh, yeah, Wednesday. yeah, Corey Haim and Corey Haim, yeah. right? Corey yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I thought, that's so fun. I have met only a couple of handfuls of Corys, but they know each other. I'm like, that's fun. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know but those Corys have an E like, in their yeah. name, so it's totally different. Oh, it's a complete, hey, I, Robin with an I is very different from Robin with a Y, so I get it. We're just different yeah, people. It changes your whole personality right off oh, the bat. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't do the I with the heart over it. No, I do the Y with the fancy little squiggle underneath. There it's, you go. Yeah, I don't really fancy squiggle it. Uh, oh, hey, Jill. Okay. Hi, Jill. I just like to say hi to people now. Okay. Oh, that's funny. I like the 69 after the name. That's fun. Okay. Very mature, Jill. Very yeah. mature. She could have been born in 69. Maybe. I'd like oh, to think that. Oh, wow. Wow. No. You're throwing it out there, huh? Ooh, making friends Probably or enemies, not. I wonder. Okay. She looks so young, though, so I don't know, actually. I think you meant 89? <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that was me. I'm 89. But, uh... Oh, wait, I'm going to share more personal information. Nope. It's pretty much out there online. It's fine. Okay. 
Um, all right. Is there anything else that we should chat about or should we end this? Because I'm pretty bad at it. So. <laughs> I don't know. It's your chat show. I know. I just like, I have so many questions and I'm just so excited you're here, but I don't want to ruin Like, how are you celebrating your family day? Because I don't think you have enough of your family yet. So. Yeah, we what have family you... day 365 days a year currently. <laughs> Tell you what, next family day may be different. Maybe, this hopefully. one right now feels a lot like yesterday and the day before. I love that this is the holiday so much. It's uh, Holidays I, have I no meaning. Nothing well, has also, meaning anymore. It's true, right? To a point where I don't, well, even certain days that I'm thinking, do I get a card? I mean, we're here. Yep. We kind of feel like, I don't. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Time. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. I don't know. Do you have any more animation questions or anything like that? I anyone mean, anim in the chat? Pardon? Oh, anyone? Is it anyone yes. in the chat? No? We had some fun ones, though. I've never really used the question box. I used it once before. That was exciting. You're a very popular person. How does it feel to know that you have a very large fan base out there that you aren't aware of? Doesn't feel like uh, that's the case, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Everyone was very, I got so many messages like, oh, I love Corey. I'm like, uh, it was well, very fun. Okay. Well, that's great. It's very humbling. It's fantastic. Yeah. So next project, are you still doing Jimmy like from your booth or? Oh God, Jimmy Two Shoes has been done for over a decade. Oh really? Oh, you, oh yeah, okay. we got two seasons out of it, but that was a long time ago. Wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, so just now, kind of... yeah, I'm recording. I don't know if you can see here. I'm gonna take you on the journey here. Fine. Hold on. Do 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 do. What do we got? Let's turn on a light. So here's oh, the wow. microphone. Very nice oh, fancy God. microphone. My laptop. This is the booth. You're just in a booth. It's a big moving blanket booth. Wow. You don't have to spend a ton of money to make one of these things. You just need the space. And the ability to not have too much outside noise bleed in. I love that you just need the space. I live downtown. So yeah. I oh, I know. It's, it's not easy and it's not <laughs> equitable and it's not, uh, it's not as, uh, it's not equitable for everybody. Like, uh, I, there's a lot of performers who, you know, are moving their clothes over in the closet and putting up a whole bunch of styrofoam where they can or whatever. It's, it's crazy times. <laughs> when did you invest in the booth? Like, what was the, the voice gig you got that you're like, okay, now I have to get the booth. Uh, it was called The Day After Cabaret Was Cancelled uh, with COVID. Uh, I went home and said, we are making a booth in the basement because this thing has gone to shit. The whole thing is going to shut down and I need to have a booth ready. So while everyone else was scrambling to make a booth, I had already made one. And there was absolutely no work to go along with it. So it didn't really matter. Well, I feel like auditions are coming out now-ish. Oh, yeah. Things of. have picked up. Yes, things yeah. have picked up. But that stretch of April, May, yeah. June was so bloody desolate. It sucked. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't we're a really, very inspiring uh, period of time, was it? Probably not. No. I. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's such a distant memory that we're almost, because it's almost March soon. And it's like, oh, so then I can't say this time last year, pre-COVID. It's no, nope. it's this time last year I was at home. Uh, nope. Everyone is going to have hit at least one birthday in COVID. I'm okay. I mean, I'm not really one for birthdays, so I was okay. That was actually a high, like when I don't have to do certain events, I'm like, cool, it's my birthday. Okay, thanks for the wishes and no pressure. I celebrated it. I'm done. But are you a birthday guy? Are you like, I have to celebrate my birthday kind of thing? Uh, Go all out? Party? I like birthdays. It depends. I like socializing. I like hanging out with friends. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily birthdays or... Like, my birthday always falls around the Super Bowl. So, and I'm a big football fan. So, it kind of works out that way. Um, 
I don't know. Like my daughter's the day before mine. So my birthday stopped having any meaning the day she was born. <laughs> it's all about her now, as it should be. Great. That's a good dad. There you go. Good parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can live with it. It's fine. It's more like Christmas when you're in the pandemic where you can't go see grandma and grandpa and the kids can't do this and that where you're like, yeah, that really, that's what stings. That yeah. sucks. I think that was definitely a hard time for people. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing it, people. We'll get through this. We'll get through this. There you go. I like that. Okay. We got this. Uh, hang in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any inspiring words. Uh, no, keep not chatting. Time. Okay. Yeah. It's been over. <laughs> it's been a year now. I'm, I'm toast with inspirational stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put your head down. I'm just thank God if you can work and stuff like that, you know, just anything to distract the mind. I mean, there's uh, it's different for everybody, I would imagine. Yeah, we just got to remember that some people are having an okay time, and a whole lot of people may be having a tough time. I think once this is over, though, we are going to have one hell of a reckoning with PTSD of people being locked up. Like, we're going to have just mass congregations of people, like, I don't know you, but I'm going to touch your arm because I need to feel human contact. Like, it's going to be some crazy stuff. Like I'm laughing, but, like, that, that's a lot of babies. Yeah. A whole lot of babies at some point. <laughs> it's going to be, like, the largest generation ever. The COVID clan. The COVID clan. I'm a COVID baby. That's a badge of honor. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I'm like, is it? <laughs> is that it? That's what people think of. Is like, yes, when my parents had sex. That's the time yeah. of honor for me. That, that is, I don't, well, I don't know. Any kid kind of does that math and then they wish they hadn't done the math. I'm like, oh God, was I a birthday yeah. gift? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, a weird. Oh my God, Uncle Tom's birthday. Why? <laughs> What's the significance? I don't understand. Uh, it's very uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Too funny. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I think about in my head. Uh, cool. Hi, Robert. Hi, Kiki. How are you? Oh, today? yeah. Bobby, we did a show of company together. That was. Uh, did you? Yes, that was fun. Oh, I got he's to fun. be. I love. He's so I love fun. He's the best. Oh, mm -hmm. that was a fun. Very one. talented oh. individually. Very talented. Let's just talk about Robert behind it now, in front of him, I guess, if he's watching. I don't Let's know. Maybe... do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Handsome. Uh, he's um... talented. He can sing. Uh -huh. Oh my God. Beautiful, lyrical, very lyrical voice. Mm -hmm. uh, he is yeah, he... majestic on stage. Some say he glides, but I say he glissades. He's a uh... <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Oh my God. It is what it is, right? It is. Oh yeah, so question. So you were doing, yeah. and then I'll let you go. So you were okay. doing a lot with Scarborough Music Theater. I never get the name. Yep. SMT. What... I think you got it, yep. I did I? Okay, yep. I never know. Musical theater, theater. Yep. And then you did the lot. Was that in, like, why the lot versus SMT? Or did you do both? Is it, well, I don't I've, remember. No, I've directed uh, with lots of companies. I just have worked with SM, with Scarborough Music Theater several times. But I've, I've worked with lot. Uh, I've worked with Hard House quite a bit, done independent theater. You don't, if you're a director, you can't just work with one company. You have to, all of us, just like performers, right? We all have to, we're all independent contractors. So you just you go, pitch and your hope your pitch work. I don't know how directing works. Sometimes you pitch. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of pitching when you're a director. You have to pitch your vision of the show. And then other times word of mouth can happen too. Um, hmm. So for instance, Lot had reached out to me about the producers. Oh, cool. Um, and then, you know, talk to them about what your vision for it would be. 
Um, I enjoyed working with them quite a bit on wonderful cool. cast, like a lot of really good, yeah, yeah. super, super talented people who should probably doing uh, way more paying, way higher paying gigs. Um, like Robert. Yes. That was a shout out to Robert again. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just a ridiculous business trying to get your foot in the door sometimes, you know, yeah. it feels like once you reach a threshold, you're pretty good. But getting through that threshold can be so tough. Um, mm -hmm. But no, I love working in different spaces, too. I mean, SMT is a, um, you know, it's got the thrust stage. So there's yeah. audience on three sides of you. And that's directing for that is very confining. You know, it, it forces you out of your proscenium mold. But then at the same time, after you've directed on it for a while, you're like, yeah, I'd love to go back to a proscenium stage. Uh, because I'm really tired of making people walk down here to do this, to walk over here, because you have to force movement on the stage and you have to be able to get blocking to all three sides of the audience. Yes. And there's only so many tricks you can do. So eventually you're like, yeah, I'd love to go back to something where I don't have to worry about the 3D element quite the same. Um, and you can create more pictures that way when you've got a proscenium stage. Mm -hmm. uh, and lighting is a whole lot easier on a proscenium stage. And lighting is very, very important, especially in musicals. I mean, lighting is so key, right? It helps change every mood right away with a different color change. You're like, I don't oh, know what no, you're talking about. Yeah, or this can be, you can drop little nuggets about where this character is eventually going to go with color schemes. You can do a whole lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, working with different companies. I mean, I'd love to work with everybody at some point in time. But uh, I'd say with this pandemic, then, um, you know, with being around the family and everything more, I don't know if I'll be going back to theater for a while. I think it may take, we'll see, because I don't think theater's coming back for another year anyways, at minimum. Yeah. Like, really? I mean, someone's going to try to put on a show too soon. Um, and I know there's already been, um, someone in Hamilton tried to put on a show, and I believe, and it's extremely unfortunate, uh, the wardrobe designer, the costume designer passed away from COVID because of it. Ooh. I yeah, so don't do a show. Uh, not yet. Um, and then I don't know how intrigued, like, if we're really honest with ourselves, the main audience for most theater is of the elderly variety. And I don't know how comfortable they're going to be going into a crowded space. Interesting. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't know anything. I don't have any clue mm -hmm. how people are going to respond coming out of this. Mm -hmm. And whoever says they know is selling you a false bill of goods because we don't know what it would be like after a year of, I mean, you can call this trauma, right? What, is, what are people going to want to do? What are they going to prioritize? What do they want Maybe theater will bustle. Maybe everyone will be able to open, you know, like when we get out of this, if it's so unfortunate, if you have a restaurant, you're in such dire straits right now, but yeah. there's going to be a huge renaissance of people opening restaurants afterward. I mean, there's going to be that void and people will fill in that void um, and there will be for entertainment. I don't know if it's going to be theater. I mean, people are going to go see concerts. I bet you they're going to go see concerts for real, yeah. but I, I don't know what else everyone's going to be doing. I don't know. It's, um, I hope people will be back to theater. I imagine people will be back to music theater because people love to see sing, you know, song and dance. And, you know, you don't even have to follow a plot. Just it starts moving you and you're loving it. It's human. We love rhythm and we love music. And even if you don't like music, you'll still move to music. And even just playing like a major chord can make you happy and a minor can just hit, you know, sad tones for you. Mm -hmm. And it's just so great how you can manipulate the human mind that way with just music. Whereas with a play, you have to be able to really sit down and go, okay, I'm going to give you my full attention. And if you look away and read the program, you're lost for a bit. But if it's music, I can't ignore the music. I can yeah. look away from a performer, but I can't ignore the overwhelming music. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Hopefully we get to go back and really have well, no, we have to go invest back. more in the arts because guess what? Everyone is consuming the arts like crazy right now. 
everyone has eaten and devoured everything that can be streamed. That's mm -hmm. still the arts. So let's support them a little bit more. You know, the fact that musicians are sitting here unserved purely because they can't play any music or they have to find neat ways to do like these chats and whatnot. But how do you monetize that in a way that can be a livable wage for an artist? Oh, I'm making a I lot mean, of money on this chat. I know, right? This is what we're talking about, though, is how do you make a livable wage as an artist in this country where we have other like European nations where the minimum living condition for an artist is something you could live with. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to make art when yeah. you have to make money because so often you have to break yourself down or break down. Say you're writing a script, you have to break it down into its ugliest pieces to put it back together and you break it down and put it back together till you get the final product. But during that time, you can't make money off of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, uh, you already have to have done accomplish something to then get the funding to continue going forward. So it's very hard for people to break through these days. It's very, very hard. But you have the online social media stuff where you can make a killing. Some people can by just getting their outreach. Like these, some of these YouTube channels, how, how much money they make for the content they put out, but I mean, <laughs> they get a view, you know, know. Uh, there are opportunities. We just have to find new ways as artists to be able to make that work. So I don't know where, but there are opportunities out there. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's just finding, I guess, the right thing that works for you. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just like, yeah, that sounds very good, Corey. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> make a YouTube channel that people, I, I always marvel at the people that make money. And I'm like, why is anyone watching this? And I, oh, okay, sure. Each their own. Everyone has their own demographic yeah. and audience, but. We've uh, all gone down the YouTube hole though. The I don't know. We're just sitting there and like, oh, I've watched it. an yeah. hour and a half of this. I feel like I've learned almost nothing or I have some really cool Easter eggs for the new WandaVision episode, but that's about it. Oh, no, I hope. I hope we get to go back because I was saying on another chat, I'm like, if you, if anyone gets a chance to audition for Scarborough Music Theater, it is so fun. I just go there to have fun. Yeah, come <laughs> like, on out and have fun. Your audition process is like you, you bond with people. I made friends, like I have Facebook friends from your audition process. Like it is such a blast. You're such a fun group of people that oh. I, I just, that's what, that's what's so missed. And even when it, there's these online auditions now, it's, it's so different than those in-person fun, like vibe. Yep. Um, it's, but... And you know what? It's, it's, it's all the way up. Yeah. For community theater. Yes. A hundred percent all theater, but it, even here, like I'm recording by myself all the time. I don't see anybody. You really feel disconnected, mm -hmm. um, you know, or if they're like, Oh, we're just gonna put you on hold for half a second. I can't see them through the glass anymore. There's no human interaction and it feels so disjointed and it takes, it feels like a lot of the, I don't want to say the love is gone from it, but some of the magic is for sure mm -hmm. distilled greatly because of this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very different. Yeah. So yeah, I can't wait to be in a group of people again and be able to connect and look someone in the eye and be like, Oh, I know where you're going with this, this kind of a thought. Yeah. Let's play this thought. Let's do that. Or um, being able to give a read, but like not a read because you don't want to do a line read, but I mean like a redirect and watching that person do it. And like, yeah, yeah, this is great. Let's continue this redirect. Um, whereas it's very hard over a laptop to do a redirect because a, you can have a technical thing where you're waiting for a delay, waiting for a delay is hell. <laughs> you know, that two second gap, like, Oh my God, we keep over talking. We keep talking over each other. That sucks. Um, or you can't see their face and they're like, yeah, you know, it's like this. And it's like, no, I, I don't know what that means. I can't see you. How can I know what that means? Yeah. And then you realize that, Oh man, we as a species communicate so much through visual 
component, you know, like a face. It's like, you know, it's like this. And you're like, well, I may not get what this is, but I, I can at least it's a starting point. Yeah. Um, so it's very, it's very different. I can't wait for all of us to be back to be able to see each other. For sure. Hey, Julius Cho, how you doing? Julius Cho is a world famous actor as well. Oh, hello. Mm-hmm. Of Bakugan fame. Okay, I think you've done about 12 voices in this, and this is amazing. Uh, I need to... I, do you just whip voices out from note? You're like, uh, I don't know, this one should... Or do voices... Like, do you get inspired by actors? No, for these sure. Voices? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like Hank Azaria says, um, he said he does a lot of impressions. He just does them so poorly they come as unique characters, right? I mean, if you look at his mare from The Simpsons, it's a really bad John F. Kennedy. Uh, you know, <laughs> That's true. It is. It's, uh, uh, you know, that guy over there. It's a terrible lie, John F. Kennedy. You know, everyone does horrible <laughs> things. Uh, I'm always trying to work on it. Uh, like for years, I did, you know, younger kid roles to like teens. And then you want to expand. And I was I love villains. I love playing villains because they're so cool. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was like four years showing them that I could, but also working on being able to hit the lower tones without destroying the voice because you have to be able to replicate it. I believe fully if you cannot replicate that voice for hours and then do it again the next day, you shouldn't be doing that character voice. Because I work with people and I can hear them and I go, oh, my God, you're you're trashed. How can you possibly work tomorrow, yeah. let alone have a gig after this one today? Um, and if you're you know, getting successful in animation, you're going to work multiple times in a day sometimes. And you have to have that vocal strength. And so mm -hmm. I treat it as if I'm a professional like singer. I always do my warm ups. I work on my range all the time. But then I kept working on my lower tones until eventually I can do the deep ones like this and never lose my voice. It's just you learn how to do it. You know, you have to find that mm -hmm. way to manipulate your your vocal manifold so you can continue to do this without destroying yourself. You know, you want to do the Harvey Feinstein from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> you got to find your way to do it without hurting your throat. Now, this sounds like I should destroy my throat. Now, I'm not going to sing like this for hours, I'm going to tell you that. But I could talk like this, and as long as I've drank enough water ahead of time, I make sure I don't have any dairy, I could be able to pull this off, you know, for quite a long time. And do it again the next day tomorrow. But you've got to prove to yourself you could do it. And you need to make sure that when you audition for it, I can replicate it. Because if you lose your voice while recording, they don't want to hire you again. They don't. Because they go, whoop, this person doesn't know how to do it. Like, you shouldn't be presenting incomplete characters in the first place. Yeah. You know, you can hear someone on the second line go, ah, ah, one, one second, you're like, oh, my God, we've got 200 lines more to go. How are you going to pull this off? Yeah. So vocal health is very, 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 very key. I, I'm feeling very inspired right now to just own my bad impressions and make them characters. Go and I love it. this. I'm Do it. To... That's Do what it. I'm going to be working on for the next year. Uh... Perfect. Terrible impressions and never tell them the source material. Of course not. No. This no. is uh... Never. Because they're like, is this a bit of this? And you're like, sure. That makes uh, it better yeah. for you. Yeah, go ahead. Of course. You know, sometimes someone will be like, it sounds like they're a bit like this character. And you're like, yes. Meanwhile, in your head going, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> not a clue, but it moved the conversation along. <laughs> That's smart. I like that. I would just be, oh no, I, uh, oh, that's, oh, see, okay, tricks of the trade. I like that. Okay. Yeah. That was, this was great. I really, I love chatting with you. Thanks for doing this, Corey. My pleasure. Uh, and enjoy fun. the rest of your family day and life. Oh God, I have to work on a sign off. Uh, <laughs> peace out, homie. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs>
Peace out, homie. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, bye, Robin. <laughs>